that was really just a powerful time of worship, wasn't it? Did you sense, like, you know, the Lord's good at, you know, I think that, um, oh, I, I know, you know, that song, meet, meet Me Here, and that's what he does, doesn't he? He meets us where we're at. You know, when we, the Bible says, when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. Two or three are gathered, two or three are gathered here. And, you know, it's funny, sometimes we're kind of surprised by the presence of the Lord, but we really shouldn't be, should we? It's something we could, I, I think, my, I've even taken for granted. Am I sensing God and where he's at? And I hope today you sense God's presence here as we've gathered. And we, if there's anything that was, quote, accomplished this morning, we did that. God has met us right where we're at. And everything that's shared, of course, we've got God's word that we're going to look at this morning. It's going to even help us even more grow together. So I really appreciate Jeffrey leading us uh, here today. So good. And we'll have a time at the end. In fact, we're going to have communion here at the end of our service and those who are watching online you might want to grab a, a, a cup of something <laughs> coffee or juice or cracker or toast or whatever if you're here this morning with us uh, doing that we're glad you're here but we are finishing up as you just saw we're we're in a series where in fact this is the very this is the last the last of the series today uh, called grace and grit we're going through the parables of jesus here in this summer we didn't hit them all there's quite a few but we hit a, a quite a bit of them and 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 really our heart is understanding is like that God's grace is so massive so amazing but with that comes some responsibility that we have and it's all kind of tied into understanding his kingdom that's a big topic we're going to hit it again here today and this one verse parable there's one verse parable that we're going to look at here today to wrap things up but last week I wanted to just follow up some of you if you were here last week we gave out money did you know that? We just, we're just paying people to come now, right? And, and we gave out a, a, a bill, a little dollar bill, and we spread that out, and, and, and you got one, hopefully, if you're here. And, and I just want to challenge you, and what did you do with your dollar this week? I'd love to hear your dollar story. I'd love to hear how this was with this, and you combine it, and you, you were able to reach out to somebody. I'd love to hear that. So text me, email me. If you got my number, let me know. I can give it to you after. I'd love to, I'd love to hear what God is doing and it's some great stories but we're going to talk about money a little bit more today we're actually specifically going to talk about treasure uh this last summer here just a few weeks ago my wife and i we got to go to alaska and alaska's filled with so many great histories i love just hearing about especially the gold rush of alaska it's very interesting and it's amazing what men and women will go through the great lengths to gain treasure uh, and, and it was, I was looking at, they, there's a phrase they would use, you maybe, or you've heard this before, uh, she or he or whatever is worth their weight in gold. How many have heard that phrase before? It, a lot of it comes from the Alaska gold rush. And so we we're listening to our guide, uh, and it was some fascinating, I love history, and some fascinating things about the gold rush, specifically the Klondike gold rush. It was between 1896 to 1830, but specifically 97, 98. And it was interesting where, they were called stampeders as they're rushing up for the gold. And a lot of it came through a hearing about through the Seattle and San Francisco newspapers that the early prospectors were millions of dollars were coming in of the worth of, the worth of gold. And today, if you look at it, it would be billion. It could be a billion dollars. So think about that. Where's a billion dollars somewhere in the world? Let's go after it. That's what people did. They they. They spared no expense to get up there and drop everything and travel, not only to get to Alaska. You think about back then, there was no airplanes. There was, you know, it was very 
just traveling was hard. But it was interesting, once people got up there, the, the kind of the ground zero was Dawson City, if you heard of that name before. There was about 500 people there before the gold rush. It turned to 30,000 people overnight. Over 100,000 people, prospectors came through in that one year, the summer of 97 and the summer of 98, 1898. And what they had to do was interesting. If you go to Skagway, which was one of the stops we were in Alaska, you go and it's called White Pass. Some of you might have taken a train to go, you go over there. They didn't have the train back then. And they had, had to do is they had to carry their gear over the pass. The Canadian government who ran the territory at the time said, if you're going to go do that, we don't want to retrieve your body. You've got to go, and you've got to bring your own equipment. You have to have a year's supply to go up to the Klondike for, for, the, for the gold rush to, to where the mining is at. And so what they had to do, prospectors had to take uh, so over a ton of equipment. It took them 40 trips up and down White Pass and their other pass that was there to get all their equipment up there. And they were in, that was just the beginning point. They had to build their own boat. And then they had to travel 500 miles upstream the Yukon River to get to Dawson City to then go to, the, to get the gold. Few, well, few got anything, really. Just a few people. What it, what it ended up creating was a lot of depression and debauchery. You got a lot of bars and a lot of brothels came out of all of it. And if you look at the colorful history of there. But some men would come back, mostly men would come back, and they would have their gold. And they would go, I got the gold, and now I need a bride. And they would approach women, and they'd say, will you be my wife? And she would say, you know, I, you're, it's going to cost you. Well, what's your weight worth weight in gold? And so women would plump up and get more, they would gain physical weight, and they'd say, I weigh this much, this is a true story, and then you can buy me as a bride. Okay, if you've heard the phrase, you're worth your weight in gold, there it is, okay? So where am I going with that? What we're finding is, you're like, where is this happening well greed what people do what people to the extent and you look through history like man kind of pathetic isn't it all that effort and all that work and everything to do that well look at what we do and where we spend today look where we where we sacrifice sometimes today okay um if this is you you don't have to raise your hand but you might have spent not just hundreds of dollars but some people spent thousands of dollars on taylor swift concert tickets so this could be a touchy topic, but just comparing things. We were at a family reunion, and like, oh, this, these, this, they're not here because they, they're going. And, and my cousin, she goes, they spent $2,000 a ticket for Taylor Swift, okay? I'm not dissing the Swifters, but I'm telling you, waiting all day, $2,000, and you're, you're, the stage you're looking down is the size of a postcard, Okay. And, and, you know, I, and I just think about this, and it's like, you ask them, you know, how was it, what is everything? Well, you know, I, 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 I can't pay my rent now, um, I'm getting it evicted, I'm on the streets, but it was so worth it, it was so worth it. That's what, have you heard people say that? It was so worth it. Like, you, you go and you've done that, maybe you've done the Disney World trip, eight grand, you know, $8,000 on plane tickets and and, you know, food and, and hotel and everything. And then you're just exhausted. Like, oh, I, th I think it was worth it. Was it really? I'm not really sure. That's the magic kingdom. Today we're going to talk about the, the treasure of God's kingdom. Here's the question is, what's it worth? What is worth of God's kingdom, what he has for us? That's what this parable is all about that we're going to look at here today. Jesus answers this very question and this last one verse parable. 
What's the, what's the kingdom of God worth? Here, here it is. This is what it says. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all that he had and brought it to that, bought, or sorry, bought that field. Now, there's a couple questions we're going to look at today. First is, what is, what is the kingdom of heaven? What is that? Well, we want to circle on that real quick on that. And then why is it worth selling everything to acquire? We're going to spend some time on that one here today. So the two questions that we're going to look at. What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, the kingdom of heaven is also, Jesus is the one that refers to this. He is also times that refers to the kingdom of God or his kingdom. Same thing, one kingdom. It's just, just, just the different titles that, that go with it. The New Testament, Jesus interchangeably uses this kingdom of heaven, king of God. And what he's saying is this, it refers to the, the reign and the rule of God in the hearts and lives of people. The rule and reign of God in the hearts and lives of people. It's, it's not a physical kingdom, not yet anyway, but really a spiritual reality that brings transformation. Also, real important to us, salvation for our lives. In the beginning of the ministry, Jesus said this. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven has come. We, we, we pray the prayer and we're going to a prayer service series this September. We pray, your, Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done. His kingdom to come to this earth. Who, who, who's the king of the kingdom? Jesus, come to, to, to rule and, and to reign in, in our lives. And that's what Jesus did. He came and he had his public ministry for three years and he talked about his kingdom and the kingdom is near you, the kingdom is in you, and just kept talking about the kingdom. In fact, he talked about the kingdom more than anything else. And even at the end, though, which is very interesting, is even as he talks so much about it, the ins and outs and what it meant, there's still, many of them are still trying to grasp what it is. Even after the, even after the, the death and his resurrection, and then he appeared to 40 days, and he, he began to talk about his kingdom, and then finally, one of the disciples go, well, now that you did all this, Jesus, is now or the time where you can restore the kingdom of Israel? What they're saying is, you did all this, it's great, it's all spiritual stuff, but let's get to the reality. Let's get to the physical thing. You get, come on, Jesus, you have the power to kick out the Roman Empire, and we can rule and reign with you as bringing the kingdom of Israel back. And what did he say? He says, no, 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 you're not getting after these all these years. You don't get it. No, 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 my kingdom, my kingdom is not of this world, at least not yet. We talked a couple weeks ago about his coming one day. His kingdom will come on earth. There'll be a, there'll be a physical thing take place but until then it's this kingdom what's a kingdom of hearts of what he has and what he what he's going to do yes one day there will be a day where he'll make all wrongs right and the justice will come to the earth and you will rule and reign until then he says let me tell you about my kingdom my kingdom is a treasure and it's worth a lot it's worth it whatever those gold rush Stampeders were thinking it was, you know, what, what's going to be worth at the end. Whatever, whatever the Taylor Swifters are wanting at the end, whatever you're getting, whatever you're pursuing, whatever you're after, he said, this kingdom I have for you is a kingdom that is right here. It's really a kingdom of the heart, what we really value. Here, here's a question to think about for us if you look at this parable is this. Not only what is the kingdom, but here's the, the question we spent some time this morning really focusing on is, why is it worth selling everything to choir? 
Why is it worth it? At the end of the day, would we say it's all worth it? It's so worth it. Why? Do we really believe that or want to believe it? I, at least I want to believe that. But I find this parable, it says it's, the parable is a hidden treasure. When something's hidden, there's something I've got to discover. I've got to look in. Let's dig a little bit to what this is. The context of this parable is interesting because it's, there's, a, there's a parallel parable that goes with it. There's a pairing that takes place. Because this is just before this other parable that Jesus says, another two-sentence parable. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of the great, one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Jesus is using the kind of a Hebrew literary device of pairing things. Say, this is important, this is important of my kingdom. So what I'm saying is it's very important that a man would sell everything and buy that field a merchant would sell everything to buy that one pearl of great price the question is how valuable is god's kingdom it, it's so valuable but this is I, this is i learned when it comes to what's valuable is this this is our thought here today our kingdom truth is this the value of the treasure is worth every bit of the sacrifice the value of the treasure is worth every bit every bit of the sacrifice the greater the value, the greater the sacrifice. The reality is what you really treasure is where you find yourself. Now, if you did a quick survey of your thought life, some of you are like, oh, I'd be embarrassed. But we would probably look and evaluate where did we spend our thoughts, because our thoughts led to what we, what we did and what we said, where we spent our time. What we find is what dominates, dominates our attention, which is in our heart. If you have, if your treasure is in, in an investment portfolio, you're you're not here. Your your mind's on the New York Stock Exchange. Okay. If you treasure football right now, your mind's not here. You're like, oh, isn't there football starting? And when's when's the you know? And you're you're at Lumen Field. That's where you're at. You're you're thinking about that. I'm thinking about my my fantasy football draft that I'm not prepared for today. Whatever you know, doing other things. We get focused on things. If you treasure your job right now, as this is going on, you're thinking about oh, this week. No, I'm off tomorrow, and then. And this week, and you're going to, you just go that, we do that. It's where we spend our time, where our heart is. Last week, we talked our time, our time, talent, and treasure. That's where we, we find ourselves. So there's so many things that can lead us down this road of what, what we value. But you and I know this already. You and I know this is that what we value sometimes doesn't always lead to much. It doesn't lead to life change. In fact, it leads us empty, and we feel a little burnt. My brother-in-law, Mike, we were at, landed in Ketchikan. We were going to these little gift shops and things. There was a gold shop, right? And it was beautiful gold-laid things in there. And, 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 and so we were looking, and, and this lady, and she, she, took, she held up this gold nugget, and, and she smiles, and she was missing some teeth. And I'm thinking, okay, interesting. And so she hands it to my brother-in-law. He, hold this. She goes, right there, that's worth $30,000. Mike's looking at it, they gives it back, and we walk out of the shop. He goes, Dan, you think that was worth 30000 I don't think so. I don't think somebody's going to hand you a rock, you know, it, it's it, 30000 plus. I, I know this sounds bad, but if, if she really had that much gold, she would fill her teeth with gold. Like, I don't think, you know, you know and we were laughing about that. Like, and I say all that, there's, there's fool's gold out there, Right? There's always someone playing a trick on us and trying to gimmick us and all those things going on. And we live, and we, but we eat it up. 
We get so focused on things that are not a, a really of value at all. I mean, this is the moment you got you to say what Jesus says here, right? If we're talking about treasure, where are, we, where are we placing it? Jesus said these words. You might know these. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and dust uh, destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for your, yourselves treasures in heaven where either moth nor rust nor destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal, can you say this one more thing? For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Right? That's where it's at. We know this. We, we, we know where it lies right here. For the value of the treasure is worth every bit of the sacrifice. And so we, we say in a good day, on our good days, we're going, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done and for my life. And then we go, yeah, but I really want that and I want to do that. And so we... We, rather than we pray your kingdom come, Lord, we want our kingdom to come. And we get caught up in that, don't we? And we, 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 we find, and, hit, and let's say, you know, I call it the weekdays, during the week, but also the weekdays where we're weak and we're tired and we just, we go after the fleshly, worldly things that are there, but they're really fool's gold. They're not true treasure. But Jesus says, no, I got this treasure. It's buried. It's there. But that's what we need to look at today. So I'm going to read one more time. What is this parable? One, it's just one verse. One verse parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all that he had and brought it to the field. Now, there's not, we don't know much about the treasure itself. All we got is what we're reading here. Not much said, but historically, you could probably think culturally what's going on at the time is that, and people did this throughout, you know, history where why would you bury your treasure so other people don't find it now remember you got to remember where it's at that's important but why do you bury something to protect it right back in the day i mean the roman empire was strong and and they would break into homes they ransack and take whatever they wanted when they wanted it and so if you wanted to keep your valuables and your your you know memorable things that were sacred to you important to you you hit it, and many times they, they bury it to do that. So this treasure here signifies really what Jesus is getting at. This treasure is so valuable. Well, it's, it's invaluable. It's, 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 it's amazing. Here's, here's our little gem I want to leave you a thought here. Nugget is this. The kingdom of heaven is boundless and bottomless treasure. It's boundless, bottomless treasure. It's worth so much. There's an unparalleled blessing and joy and promises that align that, that when we align, remember the rule and reign of God, when we align with him, his kingdom, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a beautiful, beautiful treasures there. Paul says it this way about that, about the kingdom. He says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That if we, if we seek his kingdom, there's this, this depth, and there's this joy, and there's this peace, and there's just something wonderful that comes with that. But when we look at life, well, life is, this seems like eating and drinking. It's, it's, it's going to work all day, having dinner at 6, sitting and, you know, you know, Netflix binging until you fall asleep in the chair. Then you decide to get up and go to bed, and you do it all over again, okay? And if you're going, hey, that sounds familiar, you know there's more to this life, and you know that already. There's so much more, and that's what Jesus is saying. I've got this treasure. I've got this beautiful thing that's available and it's not when it this treasure in this kingdom is not religious duty 
It's not, it's not doing all the things that need to be done and the tasks to do it. Nothing wrong with discipline. Discipline's important in our faith. But if there's no delight in it, what's the point of that? The treasure is there. And it's interesting, if you think about the treasure is, when the guy was going along the road, he wasn't going, I'm, I'm looking for something good. I'm, look, I'm trying to find something along here. I'm going to, ooh, what's that? What's it looking like? He's just walking along, it seems. And all of a sudden, he steps... Well, there's something hard there. There's something different. There's something poking out. I wonder what this is. To find the treasure, you don't, you don't, you, you don't strive for it. You don't work for it. You, you discover it. That moment you discover. Have you had a moment of discovery? You found something you never knew you had. You ever do that? You're, you had an old coat. You know, a couple weeks here, you're gonna hear about collecting coats for those in need, and you're gonna have an old coat, and you're like, "Ooh, what's this? Wow, a twenty-dollar bill. Oh my gosh." Where'd that come from? Probably from your ATM that you, you know, six months ago, it was your money. But it feels like treasure, right? You're in the, ladies, you're in the body of your purse, and you find a, a Kohl's gift card or something like that. Like, oh, wow, I can go buy something. You get there, and you have $4.32 on that Kohl's card. Like, well, it's something, right? You've done that before. Or how about, come on, you like, the, you like this one. The bottom of a, a bag, a burger bag, and there's that one fry left. Remember, you've heard the comedian say the bonus fry. It's the bonus. It's always longer. And you say, I got, I'm going to use my own one more ketchup packet. I'm going to, for that bonus fry, right? It's little treasures like that. But God, I mean, think those are little things that get us and, and bring joy to our life. He's going, man, I got this treasure. I got this something so big. And I think where you go is this, this man wasn't digging for it. He wasn't panning for it. He wasn't metal detecting for it. He just found it. He stepped upon it. The, at some moment, the, the earth felt different. It was a different day. It was a different moment. And all of a sudden, it was there. Some of you have experienced that maybe as a child when, when the gospel of Jesus was presented to you. And you almost something like, do you want Jesus? And you go, yes, I want Jesus. Yes, come in my heart. Come in my life. Some of you have experienced this. Our, as mentioned, our, our kids are go, our teenagers are at Go Camp. Can we be praying that they would have an aha moment? There would be a moment in the service in this place. And, and I remember our, our kids experiencing just the presence, the power of God at that moment. And, and they're, they're changed by that. You've experienced that. Maybe in the, your despair and your place of just brokenness that the Lord visited you and changed you and transformed you. That is the treasure that Jesus is talking about. Here, here's our little thought a little nugget here is this. The gospel is the greatest gem ever to receive but never earned. That treasure is this, it's, it's in its case in the gospel. So, I mean, you know, when you, when we, we don't earn it, we don't create it, it's revealed to us. And yet, as we're going to look at it, it comes with a bit of a price. It's hidden treasure. Now, I think there's something significant that we're going to look at here, expand upon this. You discover the treasure Treasure isn't something sitting on the shelf. It doesn't, you know, it's like, oh, it's just on the shelf. It's a, it's a resource. A treasure is something that's found and discovered. It's something amazing. Why did the man, though, hide the treasure? You know, don't tell me, you know, you think about, like, finding something and hiding it. You're like, that seems kind of weird he would do that. Well, you've done that before. You've had things I, i've had things i'll confess this that you know you get like do you ever get like chocolate for christmas or your birthday or father's day or mother's day for you know sometimes it's good chocolate like really good chocolate like and then you're like it's my chocolate 
in mind. And so what I do is, and, and our daughter's here, and she now she'll find out. She's going to look for it. But, um, but growing up, when you, when you had children growing up, you hid that. You hid that, the good stuff, right? And different things, you find it. Sometimes I found little stashes of other people's treasures. Like, oh, that's wonderful right there. And I say all that is that we, we, we hide something that's valuable, but it's interesting is it's concealed. And Jesus makes it specifically this hidden treasure. Here's the beautiful, beautiful thing about being hidden. It's hidden but accessible. It's hidden but accessible. The, the kingdom of heaven is often hidden in the world's eyes and accessible to those who earnestly seek it. Spiritual discerning it then comes to this place of responsiveness to it. And Jesus makes it kind of clear in this that, 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 that the kingdom of heaven isn't something, well, oh, I lost my car keys, I got to find it. It's something we never knew that was there. It's something that we, is there, but it's hidden for a reason. And yet, it can be a, very accessible as we, we look into it. Here, here's, a, here's a thought with that is this. You can't see what you don't seek. You can't see what you don't seek. Now, I know that the person stumbled upon it, and I get that. He wasn't seeking after it in that realm, of, but he discovered. But what really is this, is where the curiosity. I find this an interesting question that Jesus was asked about understanding how the kingdom of God is. And as we've done 12 weeks of parables, he actually explains why he spoke in parables. It's interesting here. It says, follow along with me on this. It says that the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, do you, to, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of, kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he who ha have in abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak in these parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. He's talking about the religious people, by the way. If you're wondering who, he's, who they are, that's really who, who could probably be here. And he says, indeed, this is the case, the prophecy Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For these people's hearts, check this out, have grown dull. And with their ears, they, become, they can barely hear. And their eyes, they, they're closed. Not blind, closed. Least they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I will heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears they hear. For truly I say to you, more, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. There's a whole lot of unpack, and I'll just say this. Jesus is revealing his kingdom. He's saying to those that want to hear, those that want to see, I'm right here. I'm hidden, but I am accessible. I'm available. Jesus made it, summed it up this way. He said, he said, asking you shall receive. Seek and you'll knock, and knock it'll be un, open to you. Here, here's the thought with this. Stay curious. Stay curious about his kingdom. Stay curious of what he's doing. It's there, and it's, 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 it's kind of hidden. So what? Discover it. Look it. Seek it. Discover it. How do you do that? Getting God's word every day. It's this treasure that we have. Spend time and sit in the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Gather as we're gathering on Sundays here and sensing God's presence. Come. Or this fall, we're having small group 
small groups again on a weekly basis. Get, get in a group and be with people and grow. And then together you discover the mission of Jesus and all he wants, wants to do. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Jesus couldn't be clear when he said this. Seek first, what? His kingdom and his righteousness and everything will be added to you as well. There's a seeking that's there. But notice that the man found it and reburied it. Why did he do that? He didn't own the land. He found it. He's walking through and like, I don't, this isn't mine. This isn't my treasure because this is my land. And then what it ended up being is that he had to spend, it says, everything. Now, Jesus speaks in hyperbole at times, like, unless you hate your mother and father, you can't follow me. Like, well, I don't know. Hate is a strong word, Jesus. What is he saying? Hyperbole. Unless you sacrifice, he's saying, if you get whatever else you have, get, get the world out of you. Get, get rid of it all. You know, ask this question. What is hooking you and holding you back to fully pursuing Jesus? What is that that's, that's holding you back at times? And, and the way I look at this sometimes in our life is, we've done a lot of this, you know, holding and letting go, but you, you can't receive what, when your hands are full, Right? You know, you, you, you can't, someone wants to hand you something of a gift of treasure, you're like, I can't hold it. I, I can't do that. What do we need to do many times is letting go to the Lord, letting go of our addictions, letting go of our fears, letting go of our future, letting go of those things so we, we can let go so we can pick up what God has for us. But he had to let go. And that's really for this. But it's interesting, what I find is he found this treasure, did everything to sacrifice for it, and not just sacrifice, but did it joyfully. <clears throat> did it joyfully. Look at it says this. In his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. Not begrudgingly, but with great amount of joy. And it stemmed from this understanding that this is just, that it's so, he goes, it's so worth it. What has, it's, it's joyful sacrifice, not, not obligatory sacrifice. It's so important to understand that. Because here, here's our little gem left. It's this. The true treasure lies joyfully abandoning everything else to secure it. What are you willing to do to do that? How valuable it is. There's that, that old 90s credit card commercial that says, you know, there are people gathering and having, you know, just having wonderful moments with people. And then the line they say this is, this credit card commercial says, there's some things that money can't buy, but for everything there is you know, you don't remember that one. Okay, MasterCard, if you remember that commercial. It's like, old, old commercial. Everything else in life, there's one thing. Here's the thing, what money, there's some things money can't buy. You can't buy the kingdom. You can't buy it, but it's this beautiful, beautiful treasure. You know, the kingdom of God does not show up on, on, on uh, Zillow, Estimate, right? It doesn't, it's not in red field. What's the co property comparison? It doesn't, there's nothing matched to that. There's no, there's no physical value, but it's immensely immensely uh, spiritual and eternal value that's there. And, and with that comes the act of surrendering, letting go of the lesser to gain the greater to do that. I'm going to invite Jeffrey to come and as we prepare for communion. In fact, our team, if you could just be ready in the back here in a moment, we're going to serve together. I want us to move in this time of thinking about your own life. Begin to think about this time as we, we hold something very valuable, Something that's worth more than gold that we'll be holding here in a moment. The, the symbolic sacrifice of Christ and his body and his blood that was shed for us. But as we do and as we prepare for this moment, 
I was reflecting this week an old quote from a named Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott, 1956, was missionary with a man to the Ukukra tribe in Ecuador. And he was an aviator missionary, and he would fly in and bring supplies and food, and they would share their faith. Well, it became a threat to the, to the tribe warriors. And the, those men were slaughtered one day. The, the horrible thing that happened. But prior to that, in his journal, Jim's, these are Jim's famous words. You probably maybe heard these before. But it really sums up this treasure of God's kingdom. It says this, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Think about this. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You have to, to receive what God has. You have to let go of what you have. What, what are you holding on to right now? What is it that, that you're, you're trying to gain, but you, you're going you're gonna to lose one day? Because it all, it all goes away, right? Everything physically, everything you own, everything, it's, all, it's all going away. What is it that you're going to keep? What's well, this treasure, this kingdom that Jesus has for us? It's a beautiful, horrible, horrible thing that happened, but it has amazing uh, results of it. The, the widow, Elizabeth Elliot, she wrote a book. You can look that up. Um, Gates of Splendor, I think it's the title of it. It's a, it's a beautiful book, just gripping to read it. But she went back, her and others and other family members of the martyred men went back to the Uka tribe and they, they led many of them to the Lord. And God did a transformation in this community. That some, a guy named Nate Satan, one of the, one of the, the missionary, missionaries, his, uh, his son, his family, continued missionary work there. And I was thinking one day, them and other martyrs of faith, there's going to be a day and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we possibly have to be able to talk with them. And you ask them the question, was it worth it? Was it worth it? And then they say a thousand times over. It, it was worth it. It was so worth it. That's the same for our Lord and what he did. That Jesus came and died and he, there's a moment that, that we're going to remember here together that it was so worth it for you. Because guess what? As you hold in your hands in a moment here, you are his treasure. Invite our team to come and serve now as you receive them, hold them, and then we'll partake together. Let's reflect.
holding is a treasure, a symbolic gesture of a treasure of what Jesus did for us. You know, you reflect on this, you think about when he was on the cross. The Bible says in Hebrews that it was for the joy set before him, he endured pain. It was the joy, the joyful sacrifice because he learned this lesson. Or he learned, he, 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 he communicated this value. The value of the treasure is worth every bit of the sacrifice. Jesus on the cross says, it and you are so symbol of sacrifice that he made through his body the precious blood Peter, Peter says this if you, for you know it was not the perishable things such as silver and gold but you were redeemed by the, by the empty away of life but with the precious blood of Christ the treasure becomes our treasure that we receive Jesus that night held up the bread and said this is my body sacrifice for us. He took the, the cup later in the supper and he says, this cup is a renewed, or in fact actually a new covenant I'm making with all mankind. My blood, sacrifice for your sins. Drink and remember to me. Let's pray together. I invite you just to take this moment, this quiet moment with the Lord. And I want you to reflect as you taste and eat. The Bible says, taste and see the Lord is good. This is a goodness of God in your life. A treasure of the gospel that you didn't earn or receive. Uh, you didn't earn or buy or anything, but just to be, to, to find it. Some of us would say, man, I, I, I kind of stumbled on it. I, the, 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 the gospel and this good news, I, I, but there was this moment relish in that moment now in fact if you're here and you're like I don't know if I have that moment here's your moment it's, it's presented to you as this beautiful treasure for your sins to be forgiven and you can find freedom in your life this is it it doesn't get better than this this is all you need receive him that you haven't received him do that right now and I also want you to think about as I think this coming in this week what is it that I need to let go to pick up what he has? What do I need to let go of the lesser? What is the fool's gold? What is the things that I, I find precious that really don't, they're really not. It's not relinquishing responsibilities. You have a job. You have people to look to. There's things to take, be taken care of. But are you so caught up in, in them? What's holding you back and hooking you so much in a degree? You just need to hand it over to the Lord that you would receive his kingdom, his, his treasured kingdom, the peace righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit that's available for you. Receive that right now. Say, Lord, I take that. I take your kingdom in, this beautiful treasure. Trans take it, Lord. I tra Transform me through it, Lord, what you want to do. God, thanks for this time. Thanks for this summer, Lord. What a what a treasure it has been over the summer. These, these, little, these little nuggets of truth that we've learned and it's going to take a lifetime to live it out, but Lord, thank you for what we have received. 
this beautiful, beautiful treasure, Lord, that we can't earn, we can't buy, we just receive it. And so may we keep seeing and seeking you and what you have and what you want to do. God, we just, we thank you for your sacrifice. May we be renewed in that covenant that we have with you. Lord, I pray for those that, that don't know you in this room. and Maybe they're watching online and they just, they would just say yes to you, Jesus. Yes, be my Lord, be my Savior, as many have done, Lord. For many of us, we've done that, Lord. Will you, will you help us this week to, to continue to put where value is made? And Lord, where we will let go of the lesser to gain the greater. The lesser of this world, what's offered to the greater of your kingdom that you have, Lord. So much to gain in our losing, Lord, of our own life so we gain your life. We pray this, and Lord, may we spread the word of your kingdom. May we help people find the treasure that's buried beneath their feet, available to them this week as we live it out, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite us to stand at our feet. And I don't know Jeffrey that long, but I'm going to do an audible, Jeffrey. Could we sing the song, It's Worthy of It All? Would you be able to close on that? Is that possible? I think you had that earlier. And then whatever way God's leading you to close today. Let's, let's sing. He's worthy of it all. At the end of the day, let's give him the praise and worship for his amazing grace in our life. Have a great day. We're here.